0: Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Amen. How many, how many of you guys have ran out of that grave? Right. See, we're, we're stuck in a grave. Because we're dead. We live in a dead world. but, But we make that choice. And we run to Jesus. Called by the Holy Spirit. Invited in. And at that point in our life. We run out of that grave. We're born again into a new life. Heavenly Father, Lord. We thank you so much. For your plan. Your overall plan. Your ultimate plan. Lord God. Where you have brought redemption to mankind. Where mankind chose and has fallen short Lord God you bring restoration and we thank you so much for that so today Lord God we just lift your name on high you're the sole reason we're here God there's no other reason and Lord God how this makes no sense to so many people outside of the church Lord it makes perfect sense to us because we want to come in here and we want to worship you We want to sing songs about you. We want to talk about you to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we want to take this message, this glorious message, into our community, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you on this uh, Memorial Day weekend. We thank you for all those that sacrificed their lives so that we may have the freedom to come together in worship. Because, Lord God, that's the ultimate expression of freedom. And it is what our country was built on, Lord God. Christian values that we may worship the God on high. So, Lord God, we do honor to those throughout our, our, uh, our country's founding that have laid down their lives so that we may have this freedom. Lord, we also lift up those who are, are sick or, or battling with, with illness, injuries, um, those that are in the hospital. We lift them up this morning, Lord God. We, we ask that your healing touch just be upon them, Lord God, because with you all things are possible. We have confidence, Lord God, that your will be done, and your will is the right will. It's the right way. And Lord, those that are on the road this weekend, Lord, so many are traveling this weekend. Lord, we just ask for order in the chaos of this world. Lord God, keep people safe from harm. Keep their, uh, their tempers in check as they're around more people on the roads, Lord Jesus. We just, we just ask that this weekend you be glorified throughout all of our actions. Lord God, we know you give us opportunities but allow our actions to reflect who you actually are. The most wonderful, the most beautiful, the greatest of great, you are the Lord God Almighty. Author, finisher, first and last, Alpha and Omega. Jesus, you are the bright and morning star. And we look to you every morning because starting our day with you, Lord, that's the best way to start our day. So be glorified today, Jesus. We pray this in your mighty name. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Awesome. Debbie. Debbie's got, a, Debbie's got an announcement for us. And Debbie actually has a special guest today. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Now you can't give him five. He only has four. Give yeah. so, him uh, but he is here from Australia, kinda. Of. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, by way of China.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, we're here to tell you about zoomerang. Everybody say it. Zoomerang! Yay! And um. and some of you already got them. These are pieces of paper that have names of our staff for Zoomerang on them. So you'll take one of these papers. If you are a lay person, um, not involved with Zoomerang except through prayer, you'll get this kind. If you are a staff person, you'll get this one. So all of our workers will be getting... Lots of prayers. Well, yeah. Isn't that awesome?
0: <laughs> it is it's awesome. Fine.
1: Anyway, um, Zoomerang is from June 13th through the 17th, from 9 o'clock in the morning till noon. Except for Friday, then we're going to do a special thing. How many like shrimp on the Barbie? Woo! Well, if you bring somebody to, uh, to Zoomerang, you can come. Otherwise, you can't come, right?
0: I, I, that's <laughs> up to you. <laughs>
1: It's not a free lunch to you all. It's a free lunch to the parents. <laughs> anyway, it's just fun. You have to have shrimp on the Barbie, right? We're doing Australia. And we're going to have a crocodile wrestler here. Is that you, Ozzy? Nope. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe the alligator could be a crutch for you. Maybe. Mm, we'll we see. don't know. Anyway, we're excited about VBS. Um, two weeks ago, we went down to Kessler School and passed out flyers, and the parents were excited. Ozzy was there. The kids loved him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they, um, one parent said, can I fill out my paper right now? And I said, yes, you can. And guess where we put it? In the couch! <laughs> and so anyway, we're excited. Um, if you don't have an, a registration form, we have some at guest services and our registration people um will help you on that day. If you are a staff person in VBS, can you just please stand? See how many we have here today. And this is the first time we've done VBS, vacation, Bible school. How many of you guys do that? Um, probably, yeah, yeah, when we had that one that we had.
0: Can you be? No, never mind. I was going to say, can you be more specific? But you can't, so that it's okay. Not as good as right. Right? All right. Yes. Kids, you can now hop on out. Kangaroos yeah, oh, are supposed to hop. Hop, 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 <laughs> hop. Yes. I need to like the what? The <laughs> Oh. Do I want to? No, I don't want to miss my hair up. <laughs> All right. So, so parents, grandparents, get your kids signed up. Now we with doing a VBS now and we haven't been doing one. we have no idea what to expect at all. So we could have five kids. We could have a hundred kids. We just don't know. So the earlier you sign up gives us a little bit more of an idea of, of how many we're going to have. All right. Zoomerang. It's getting exciting. Hopefully each week, from from now until Zoomerang, we'll get a little bit more themed out out there. Yes, in the back. If you don't have kids in your home or nearby. Say amen. Please send oh. invitations and registration forms to for the kids in your neighborhood. Yes, absolutely. Pass them out. Um, kids want to do stuff over the summer, right? Sometimes parents don't know how to plan. Sometimes Financially, it's hard. Um, this is totally free, so invite, invite, invite. Um, who cares if a seven-year-old tells you no? Big deal, right? Give them one anyway, right? So don't be afraid to pass out um, invitations and everything. All right, next uh, announcement is the prayer walk. We do a prayer walk over the summers, and we we have a different... Um, spot that we kind of um, rotate around each week. Tamara's going, yes, get the words out. Come on. So little little area. So there's a map out there by the, the, the guest services desk, and there's a pin and an arrow that says this week. And this week coming up, we will be praying for options. You guys know what options is? It's, it's a great, great thing. And when Tamara said, hey, we could pray for options, Ah, a light went on in my in my head, and I thought, you know it 's such a great thing. Forty days for life is so great where we where we go and we put pray around planned parenthood to end abortion. Wonderful thing. But I thought, how many people actually go to options and pray for them to have blessing and favor and, and financial, the abundant financially and everything. So what a great idea. And besides around options, there's also um, St. Pete's North clinic is there. Um, what else is there? MRI center. The fly shop's kind of right there too. So if you're there, pray that Jason has favor in the fly shop. Um, Things like that. We need to be praying for things like that. So each week I've been saying there'll be a different area, there'll be a different pen, there'll be a different different place that we pray. But that doesn't mean you can't go back and, and pray again around the capital or again around this church, and we'll we'll just continue to change it up every week this summer. Amen? Yeah. All right, last announcement just real quick. I've been telling you guys, hey, there's places to serve, there's places to get involved. Um, Jump into that. We'll train you if you need to be trained. If you're saying, hey, I'd love to learn how to run sound, but I have no idea, we can train you on that. If you got an ear for music and an interest in music, jump into that. If computers are are what you're into, if you're great with people, be a greeter. There's all sorts of areas to get involved, so jump on that. Four ways to give we got online giving, bridgehelen.com. You can text to give um, to 84321. Just shoot that amount in, text that. It'll take you through that. Of course, we've got the giving boxes, and you can mail it to us at 725 Granite Avenue. Now, if you're saying, boy, I'd like to just give online, but I don't necessarily have a computer and all that techie stuff, we now have a a little kiosk in the back. See if I can see it. Oh, I can see it. There's an iPad by the giving box in the foyer. It's already on the page. You just have to walk up there and, and give right there. We want to make it as convenient as possible, not because we want your money, but simply because we want to give you every opportunity to worship with every part of you. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Who is ready to get rolling? Hey Amy, could you drop the lights just a hair? It just seems so bright, probably because it's a nice rainy day. Who's enjoying the rain? When we first moved here, everybody said, Oh, rains every memorial day. And I was like, everybody always says that. It can't rain every memorial weekend. But but it seems as if Montana it can. And it does. But the rain is so good. I am I'm thankful for the rain and and uh we're thankful for the rain now, so we don't have as many fires later. Amen to that, right? Well, we're going to get rolling here. You guys ready to get rolling? Yes. Before I get started today, I need to, to throw a couple things out there, because we're going to head in a really great direction today. And I'm going to teach on some stuff, and there's just going to be some stuff that I say. And, and it's, it's scriptural stuff. It's scripturally based. But this is very much another thinking message, right? I don't want you to go brain dead. I don't want you to just say, well, Pastor Jason said it, so I don't have to think about it anymore. I don't have to rationalize it. I don't have to look for myself. I want to encourage you now, everything that that we speak on today, dig into your own Bibles, right? Dig into your own personal lives. Take it to God in prayer. Right, because I'm gonna shoot right straight at what John is teaching, and there is some some I'm gonna just say latitude here contextually. I'm not saying that we get liberal with scripture or anything like that. I'm just saying how John is is speaking this makes a whole lot of sense and it may challenge you in a lot of ways, and you might have to kind of figure that out, right? I pray that each person in here is challenged as I have been challenged preparing this message. But when we seek the Lord, when we allow the Holy Spirit in, when we ask, Holy Spirit, help illuminate this. Jesus, what do I need to be, be seeing here? What do I need to be hearing? How can we go wrong in that, right? We can't go wrong. So today, as we continue on with our series, No Middle Ground, digging into the book of, of First John I want you to know that we're almost to the end. We're almost to the end. So let's pray and we will get started. Father, once again, thank you that we can be here. Now, Lord, we come specifically asking that you open this scripture to us. You expand this within us. You challenge us with your word. Lord, as we become Christians, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that we know it all, but Lord, we don't. We can never know it all. You are infinite. There's so much more that we can learn. So today, help us to learn more. Help us to expand this idea of of Your Word and prayer and how that all comes together. Holy Spirit, once again, I ask You, don't let me speak anything that I shouldn't, but prompt me to speak those things that You would have me speak. And, Holy Spirit, don't let anyone, not anyone here today leave the same way that they come in. We pray this in Jesus' name. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, as we are coming to this last phase of this short series on 1 John, my goodness, it's only part 27 and next week's Pentecost Sunday, so (laughs) we'll have to delay it one more week and, and all that but as we come to the end as with anything else it is very important to finish strong especially in the ca- in this case because because really we get to this portion in in chapter 5 there's some really powerful uh teachings there's some really good good insight here if you were not here last week you kind of missed out on a lot it was it was um It was just one of those services that that I think for a lot of people, things kind of clicked, maybe one more click, and and people were getting it. And uh, I would encourage you guys to grab a listen, um, because it really is about a person. And if you were here last week, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you weren't here last week, you're sitting here going, I don't know what he's talking about. But you can get a listen and understand. I believe there were people in here, last sunday that that made a decision in their life to 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 get free i believe there were people here to to make a move to a more solid and and substantial step in their in their faith and and i believe there were people in here who who just said man you're right you're right pastor we gotta draw a line we gotta draw a thin line that we're either in or we're out that gray area there isn't gray area. There isn't middle ground. It's black and it's white. And 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 I think there were people that that finally came to that spot where they said, you know what? There there is black and white. I got to get out of this gray area. I got I got to stop trying to ride the fence. This morning we come to a point in this epistle, in this letter, where the author John begins his concluding remarks. Right. It's a good part to get to in the the letter. It's really a a transition from the main uh, discussion of of what this letter was all about to the encouragement of those who have remained faithful in these churches that John is writing to. So we're going to jump right in with with verse 13. 1 John 5, verse 13, it says this. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does, so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. So John is confirming in this verse why this letter was written Everything that has previously been discussed, addressed, and argued has been for the greater benefit of the believer's faith and and confidence that they can and do share in Jesus Christ, their Savior, their Lord, and their King. John's purpose in all of his writings, as, as well as all of the authors of the New Testament, is to proclaim Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the only one who can extend salvation and eternal life. This is all so very important. This is all so very important in the day and age that we live in. Now we know that John was prompted... to to write to to these believers in these churches because of issues with with prior members, prior leadership, prior teaching, um, and this ongoing false theology that was coming against these churches. But by addressing such issues, the main theme has always been the person of Jesus Christ himself. It's really something that we can never forget. This is really something we can never distance ourselves from. Church serves so many functions, right? Oh, it's a great place to go to connect. It's a family of believers. I can go there and, and, and feel good about my faith. There's, there's all these different reasons why we might want to come to church, but the basic, most important reason that church exists, it always has been. It's about the person of Jesus Christ himself. This letter has come a long way and extended so much to the reader, and I would say it's very much challenged each reader, and I hope it's challenged each one of you guys. Verse 13 refreshes the reader with the simple comfort and confidence that we reside in when we cultivate a relationship with Christ. it's a Wonderful thing when we cultivate that relationship with Christ. Now look at how this verse starts. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. These things which have been written to all of those who believe in the name of the Son of God. They are possessions intended for those born-again believers to, to cling to within themselves all day, every day. You think of scripture like that? You ever think of scripture is something that we cling to? It changes us. It's something that we have every single day. See, in the midst of persecution and ridicule, as well as the times of, of plenty, and blessings. We are to treat them as the gift and the guidance that they are intended to be. I don't care what's going on in your life. Don't know what's going on. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're at the highest the highs or the lowest the lows where you're kind of treading water in that in between. Scripture is always appropriate for where you are. Scripture will always benefit you in where you are. You can never get too far lost or too far saved that Scripture is not appropriate. And again, this not only applies to the book of 1 John, but to the entire Bible Flip that slide. God's word is a precious gift of love, attesting to the greatness of God and introducing us to a knowledge base that extends to us a living description of the attributes of the Lord himself. I like that saying. And sometimes when I'm working, it's as if my fingers just kind of do their own thing. And my eyes and my brain are trying to keep up and And all of a sudden, something like this is on the page. And I like how that's worded for myself because God's word is a precious gift. It's the great, great, precious gift that he gives to all mankind. And it's the gift of love. And it attests to the greatness of God. And it introduces us, right? It introduces us to this knowledge base and description of the attributes of God. It introduces us, and then it just keeps introducing us. It keeps teaching us. The Word of God is truly amazing. These words in this book and the the teachings that that we find in here, they they have been breathed out by the author and the finisher and are alive by way of the Holy Spirit. It's the only book that exists that's truly alive. How much are you relying upon the Word of God in your own life? At the time, we probably, if we took a poll of people living in the United States today, if, if, if the poll came back and said, hey, half of the Christians in the United States Rely upon the Word of God half of the time in this day and age, we could probably look at that as a as a victory, right? But personally, I don't think that's a victory. So we have to ask ourselves, how much are we, how much am I relying upon the word of God in our life, in in my life, in, in in your daily schedule? How often do you consult the word of God? How about in your parenting? Your grandparenting, how often do you consult the Word of God? In your planning, because after all, we're all busy, aren't we? Maybe if we consulted the Word, maybe things would get a little better. How about your job? No, I separate my faith and my job. We're not supposed to do that. We need to be consulting the Word of God within our job, in our, in our finances. There's teachings within the Word of God about our, financing, or our finances. And even in our playtime, how often do we consult the Word of God in our playtime? Flip that side. In a time where many Christians and churches are embracing and adapting to the world, it's time to get back into the book. How many of you guys believe that? Amen to that. So let's go back to verse 13. Back to verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does, so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. What an amazing passage. John here reminds us and reflects us back to his words that he wrote in in John twenty. 31. It says this, These have been written so that you may believe with a deep abiding trust that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the Son of God, and that by believing and trusting in Him, trusting in and relying on Him, you may have life in His name. Two different passages, but it's the same passionate and singular message that, that we, as followers of Christ, need to, to ground ourselves in, as well as extend to others. Now, in the Gospel of John, John is writing to his readers that they might come to Jesus and believe in him and receive eternal life in his name. And in 1 John, the author is writing to those who have acknowledged a belief in Christ, but still need assurance that though that, that that through and by the name of Jesus that they have undoubtedly received eternal life i think many of us from time to time need assurance like this we have accepted christ's invitation absolutely we have committed ourselves to him we are we're born again believers we have placed our confidence in Christ as our king. But sometimes, there's just sometimes in our life, it's just nice and I would say even needed to hear these verses, right? It's that blessed assurance. You have Jesus. Be joyful. Your eternity awaits you. Endure what is going on now because you have an eternity and your eternity starts now. This, this world is a grind, isn't it? It's like every day passes and the grind gets a little a little harder, right? As a believer, we are able to see just how bad that this world has, has become knowing that it will only get worse. Now, now, now there's an encouraging Sunday morning message, the world will only get worse. That's called the truth. And sometimes we can temporarily lose sight of the the bigger picture, the promise of what lies ahead. And John knew that. And being inspired by the Holy Spirit, John seeks to encourage Encourage the church. Not just these churches that this letter is addressed to, but the big C church. And that's you, and that's me, and and that's us together. So be encouraged that despite what we see in the world, we see the bigger picture. We see the rest of the picture. Verse 14 now helps us to understand That the confidence that we have in Christ is for our eternal life. But that eternal life applies to our present life as well, especially in fellowship and prayer. Take a look at, at verse 14. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to. Get that. Man, stop right there. Stop right there. That's amazing. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to. Don't we live in a society of entitlement, right? Everybody thinks they're entitled to something. This is the truth of what we are truly entitled to, the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him That if we ask anything according to His will, that is consistent with His plan and purpose, He hears us. We can say amen to that. And we want to say amen to that. Right? But here's the deal. When we come to verses like this, we must be very careful to gain a full understanding of everything that is being said here. Because sometimes we get to in verses in the Bible and and we we pick and choose and we get so excited, ah, did you hear what was being said here? But we have to make sure we are hearing everything that is being said here. I say that because many can and have twisted verses like this into their own agendas, their own wants, and their own desires. And we must resist eliminating any words or principles. We have to always take the bigger picture, the context of each verse. Come on, but doesn't the Bible say that anything I ask for, God will give me? (laughs) Isn't that what this verse is saying? Actually, what it is saying is that I may have confidence that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's the big picture. That's the wonderful big picture. And I praise God and I scream hallelujah when this body of believers are like, no, that's not what it says. I love that because you guys have a biblical perspective. It's all about according to his will. We have confidence that he hears us. But that's not the Santa Claus Jesus I want. <laughs> I want the things that are in accordance with my will. I want Jesus to need, meet the needs I define. I want the blessing without the obedience I want prosperity without persecution, grace without repentance. You know what that is right there? That's American Christianity. That's Christianity that has now been Americanized And we think that that, that we're the leaders of the world and this is how everything should be. The problem is it runs contrary to what the word of God says and is not born again discipleship. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with His plan and purpose, He hears us.
1: That's right.
0: So what is His plan and what is His purpose? It's that we walk in the light as He is in the light. That we obey His commandments. That we love our brothers and our sisters in Christ. That we are in the community of faith. That we do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. See, these are the tests we can evaluate ourselves with that reveal if we have been born of God. But, But I don't like that part. Can we go back to that part where it says, God will answer all my prayers? Because all of this, this is hard stuff, right? But remember, salvation is by and through Christ alone. These are not works that we must perform to attain salvation. Rather, these are behaviors that grow out of our salvation and relationship with Christ. There's a big difference. We're not preaching works here. We're preaching obedience. We're preaching that if we live in a relationship and obedience with Christ, these things that we could call fruit, right? These things grow out of us and we have a desire to, To do each one of these things. It is here that we not only begin to understand his will, but it is here that his will becomes our intention. Right? We can understand something. Right? That's a head knowledge, right? I understand what God is calling me to do. Um, I understand the, the, the doctrine behind this born-again behavior. I, I understand all of those things. Understanding it is one thing, but having it become our intention, having it become our life is very different. That's why you can't separate the head and the heart, Right? Some people have tried, some people have tried to make, make the Bible totally analytical. It's all in the head, right? And there's others, It's no, it's just the heart. Cut your neck, man, throw your head away. It only gets you in trouble. Just live with your heart, right? No, God said, I'm going to give this person a head and a heart, right? Hopefully, we look around society and say, man, maybe that guy didn't get all of that one either side of that. But God's intention is that we use our head and our heart. We have an understanding, but we also have an, in, an intention Amen. to walk in that understanding. It's both of those. And let me tell you this, when, when, when we get to this point where we, we begin to understand God's will and, and his will starts to become his intention, it radically changes our prayer life. I mean radically, changes our prayer life. No, you get slide 12? That's 12. Ah. Yeah, that's what I want. If your prayers seem to be falling short, maybe check whose will is the dominant one. People can come to me and say, boy, I, I, you know, I try to pray, I just don't hear God and... And it's like, maybe we need to take a few steps back. Maybe we need to begin to question ourselves. When you pray, what is the dominant will? Is it God's or is it yours? And Jesus specifically taught prayer in in Matthew 6. And and it's a blueprint as to how we are to pray. You You guys know this one, right? You guys can probably just, quote it from memory right read it with me our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is, 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 is when the disciples were saying, okay, Jesus, man, we're in, we're all the way in. Uh, it's up here and it's coming down to here, but, but help us. How should we pray? And, and, and Jesus said, well, well, here's a model. Of how to pray. Now do we just pray this every morning. And think we're good for the day. No because it becomes memorization. And it's like anything else. We just start going through the words right. It's all up here. And it's nothing down here. But Jesus is saying hey I'm giving you a blueprint here. This is kind of a guideline. On how to pray. Look at how it starts. Hallowed. Holy. Sacred be Your name, our prayer life, our times of prayer, they should always start by exalting and worshiping our Lord, right? How many times do we skip that part? I just want to get into what I need. I don't need to go through all of this, but it's a great way to start. It's a great way to just remind ourselves how great God actually is And let me tell you this, when you start your prayer out like this with exaltation and worship, the rest of your prayer becomes a little bit more bold because your voice just remembered your head and your heart how great our Lord actually is. And then we humbly ask with humility and lowliness for His will to be done. That's a great way to start a prayer. You've established that before you've gone any further. Hallowed be your name, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit. You are all-powerful, you are the author, you are the finisher. You are above all things. Nothing outside of you was ever created. I'm exalting God in a great way. And then before I go anywhere further, I simply humbly ask, Lord, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at Mark fourteen thirty six, And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. You guys recognize that. It's the Garden of Gethsemane. It's prior to Jesus' arrest. Trial, beating, and crucifixion. He's in the garden. He's praying earnestly. He's sweating blood. He knows what is going on. He knows what is about to happen. And out of this pain and this anguish, Jesus says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. You can do everything. Remove this cup from me, if it's your will. But if it's not what you will, let your will be done. The anguish, the trials, the tribulations, the physical pain, the the sin of mankind that is about to be placed on him. Jesus is saying, not my will, Father, but your will be done. How many of us actually pray within the will of God? Because in this case, praying within the will of God for the person of the incarnate Jesus Christ, it didn't wind up all that well, did it? He got scourged, he got beat, he got belittled, he got spit upon, he got a crown of thorns stuck, and then he got nailed to a cross. But Jesus saw something much greater something that we as human beings don't always see. It's the plan and the will of God, despite my own personal safety and my own personal comfort. I think we can say that it is not every prayer that is answered. Right? In your own lives, you've prayed prayers and they haven't been answered yet. and Maybe, maybe they'll never be answered. But the prayer of the disciple who is in fellowship with the Father, who asks in the name of Jesus, who is an, is intent upon God's will, and who keeps his commandments, that person can have confidence in his prayer time with the Father. See, this should not deter or discourage you from prayer or or the expectations you have in prayer but rather verses like verse 14 says we may have that confidence in our prayer because we have confidence in who he is and we abide within him right in this prayer becomes something exponentially, More than just a time of petitioning. Prayer becomes a time of worship. A time of yielding our life to his will. To his work. And to his timing. Prayer becomes a time where we are open to listening and not just talking. It is here that God's will is being established in our personal life. His will is that we become more like Christ and deepen our relationship with Him. That our intention becomes His purpose. That is what prayer is all about. Prayer is all about our deepening within Christ. How do we not have time for that? How do we not place a priority in that? Let me tell you this, out of everything I've ever learned in my walk and in ministry, I know this, I know that true joy comes in our life when we learn to want what God wants. I know I'm not happy, I have no joy in my life, everything is amiss and it's chaotic and, and I don't know what to do, well, true, true joy comes. In our life, when we learn to want what God wants, when we, when we say, not my will, but God, your will be done, however that looks. I don't care, God. I don't care how it looks. I just want to be in that. When we get there, our expectations as to our prayer are met with confidence in knowing that not my will be done, but yours be done. And now we come to verse 15. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. We have assurance that we can pray and that he hears us. And in that dependence and conversational relationship, that which we are seeking through our prayers, his will is being accomplished within us. Right? Not my will, but your will be done. See, there's a two-fold thing going on. When I pray, not, not my will, but your will be done. The fact that I have come to that realization in my life, those prayers are being answered. I am being changed. I am being transformed. When we, uh, when we pray as Jesus prayed, in full accordance with the Father's will, we can know that we have our requests because it's God's will. And God's will will be done, right? So we can have that bold confidence. If I'm truly praying God's will, I know that God's going to accomplish His will. When we pray, Father, when will you return? Your church is ready. This world is a mess. Rapture us out of here. It may not happen the moment that we pray it, but God's will is to do, in fact, just that. And we are praying in accordance with his will. So that aligns personally. It aligns me closer with him. And prayers are being answered. Because I'm becoming more like Jesus. When we pray we are simply praying in accordance with God's desires. Right? So one might ask why do we pray at all? God's Will is his will, and he's going to accomplish that no matter what. Why why do I even pray at all? Because he is our father. And our part here is to extend our faith to believe that it is his will that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Within God's will, my desire is to be a part of it instead of being apart from it. So I pray. I want to be a part of what God's doing. I don't want to be a part from what God is doing. So I pray. I exalt God. And I say, God, not my will. As much as I want things to look this way, as much as I think I need this, not my will, but your will be done. Prayer is a privilege that God extends to us that helps our will align with his will. Now earlier I said that we live in a time where many Christians and churches are, are embracing or adapting to the world and it's time to get back into the Bible, right? I now also add that it's a, in this time of instant gratification and selfish desires It's time to get back to praying the will of God. Seeking that will. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and turn to me. I'm going to confidently hear them. Right? That his kingdom come. That his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I honestly believe that we cannot go wrong here. What should I pray? I just don't know what to pray. I just I, I get in my quiet spot and I try to get before God and I have no idea what to pray. Pray as well. Follow the blueprint. Start out by exalting God. Start out by talking about bragging on God. You boast. Paul loved that word. He liked the word boast. I boast in these things. I boast in my God. I boast in your faith. We boast in those things of who God is. We boast in the things that he has done in our lives. Start your prayer out like that, man. The little train, boy, it's building steam. Boy, it's building steam. Now that train can't be stopped. And then I add to that. Not my will, Lord. Not my will. I don't want my will because I know what happens when I want my will. When I want my will, everything gets messed up. My selfishness, my pride, my arrogance, my fear. It all jumps in there because that's my will and it messes everything up. I don't want that. I don't want that involved in my prayer time with you right now, Jesus. So not my will, but your will be done. Now check this out. This is just this big, long conversation, right? Too many of us has, have, a, have relegated prayer to, uh-oh, this is the five to, to seven and a half minutes I spend today in prayer, right? This is the specific prayer time where I assume the position, I face the right direction, and I say the right words. That is my prayer time. B- but in this grander scale, we go through our day. In an active conversation with our Lord, right? And now, First Thessalonians, Paul, Paul saying, "Hey, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing, not in that position, not in that specific spot, but in a relational conversation with our Almighty God, that we started before we get in bed, or before we get out of bed. We start every day saying, "Lord, you are great, I am nothing." You have everything planned out. God, I exalt you. Thank you for giving me this day. Thanks and worship and exaltation. Oh, and by the way, let me get away from my will and let your will be done. Now, if this is a start to a prayer without ceasing, if this opens your entire day up, when you say amen, that doesn't mean you revert back into your will, right? No, I prayed God's will. Now I'm done with that. I said amen. Amen. Now I can jump right back into my will and those things that I want to do. No, we begin a lifestyle of prayer. How amazing is that? How wonderfully beautiful is that? And that's why I can confidently say I honestly believe that when we approach prayer like that, when we approach our Lord like that, we just can't go wrong here. Worship team, come on up. We take this whole message and we condense it. Take it all. Put it into a little ball. Something that you can take out of here. Pretty simple. What do we need to be doing? We need to read the Word. We need to pray as well. Read the Word. Pray as well. You want your faith? You want your Christian walk? You want your life to drastically change? Read the Word. Pray as well. You're struggling with a specific sin. Maybe sin in general. You just don't know how you're going to get through it. Oh, that temptation comes and I give into it every single time. Read the word. Pray as well. You got questions in your life. You're at a point where you just, you don't know where to turn. Don't know what's going to happen. Read the word. Pray as well. Going through trials and tribulations, man, maybe, maybe you're in the worst season of your life. It's the biggest trials and tribulations that you have ever faced. How much more can I take? What else is going to be piled on me? How can I contend with this? Read the word. Pray as well. God is so amazingly complex. He is beyond anything that we can comprehend. Way beyond anything that we can comprehend. His word is alive. It's it's three-dimensional. The depth is so deep. We can never on this earth learn everything that is contained in this book. And within that complexity And within that depth, God in his wisdom, knowing how he created us, pulls us back to these six simple words. Read the word. Pray my will. In so doing, we cultivate a relationship. See, I don't believe we can read the word or pray his will apart from him. Every time we read the word, we're in relationship with the Lord. Every time we pray his will, we're in relationship with the Lord. Guided, counseled, comforted, convicted, and challenged by the Holy Spirit. How can we go wrong here? How can we go wrong here? So, if today you've never really thought of prayer like this, It's like, boy, I just thought I just was supposed to ask for stuff and then say amen and go on with my day. Maybe you've been challenged just a little bit. You need to almost get back to the basics, the essence. Man, when we first get saved, right? When we first get born again, we're just so excited. We just want to talk to Jesus and talk about Jesus. And then something happens. And we begin to lose that intensity. Maybe it's time to get back to that very intensity. Maybe you've been out of the word. Man, you're just busy. I'm reading all sorts of good Christian books and such, but I'm, I just haven't really been in the Bible. Christian books, do not they're, they're not a substitute for the word, right? There may be an extra, but they can never take place of the word. Read the word. And maybe, maybe in your prayer time, you've never, you've never said that. You've never verbally said, God, not my will, but yours be done. Man, that's something. There's certain things we should be doing every day. One of them is, man, we should pick up our cross every day. We should die to ourselves every single day. We should speak that out to God. God, Lord, help me to die to myself every day. Today is the day. Lord, help me to die to myself. And then we say that again tomorrow. And every day we should face the Lord and say, Lord, I repent from those sins that I have committed against you. Help me to turn from that. I need that repentance. The grace and mercy, they're beautiful. But, but Lord, I don't want to disrespect you by not repenting of those things. We should do that every single day. And you know what else we should do every single day? We should speak the words, Lord, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Every time you get heated at work, yeah, you're at work and some idiot just did this, and I'm going to go tell them why they're an idiot. Not my will. Maybe just a little. No, no, none of my will. No, Lord, not my will. Your will be done. Is it God's will that you go over there and call that person an idiot? Probably not. Now, you got to leave a little space there. But God's will would be to go over and say, Hey, man, what's going on? I noticed you, you kind of did this. Is something happening? Can I, can I help? Can I pray for you? Can I tell you about my Jesus? All those different things, right? You don't know what's coming out of your mouth. As the Holy Spirit going to speak things out of your mouth? You know what happens? Great stuff happens. Because it's not your will. It's His will be done. You combine with that this time. Man, this morning I was reading in the Bible and it was talking about you don't work, you don't eat. And you, no, you don't do that. You love on that person. Read the Word and pray His will. I don't know where you're at. Right now in this room, we got people all over the place. And it's not that I don't care where you're at right now. What I care about is His will. And His will right now is that you get back in relationship with Him. That you strive to get into His word. That you pray His will. That you stand against sin in the power and the authority that abides in you because of the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior not where you've been. It's not where you're at right now. It's where God wants you to be. And that starts this morning. So as we close with this song, and it's a great song to close in because it's it's first before I do all of these things. I'm going to praise your holy name. If it's been a while since you've engaged God in such a way, get to the altar. Engage God this morning. If you've engaged God all morning today, come and bask in the glory of God at this altar. This altar is open to everybody. Sometimes we just say, God, it's not about me, it's about you. I want to come to the... Man, you go to a concert and the band says, hey, you guys can come to the front of the stage. Man, everybody comes to the front of the stage because they want to be close to the band, right? They have no inhibition. They're going. But sometimes we get in the church and all of a sudden we get all these crazy little fears. What will people think? What might God speak to me? Ooh, I'm scared. And all the while God is saying, my will, trust in my will. Have confidence in my will. So, this morning, this altar time, it's not just for the broken, it's for the basking, right? It's not just for the troubled, it's for the triumphant. It's for everyone this morning that we can come together as a body of believers and do what we need to do first. Let's exalt our Lord and pray that His will be done. Father, Lord humbly we seek your face humbly we let ourselves down before you and humbly we ask, Lord not my will but your will be done. Help us to relish the beauty of your word and to redefine our prayer life as a conversation between you and me, that I carry throughout the day. Lord, the best times that I can spend in my life is time with you, in your word, and in this thing that we call prayer. Help me to hear your voice, to listen. Lord God, help me to petition you for for those things in my life that are needed and those that you are leading me to pray for, because Lord, that is your will. Your will is to seek and say, those which are lost, that none shall perish. Those. Oh, that's your will, Lord. Help me to do all of this and let me wrap it up. And, and Lord God, help me to pray without ceasing. Help me to have a conversation with you all day long so that I can be reminded in each and every situation, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. You can have bold confidence in that. you, Jesus. We exalt your name. As a pastor, and for whatever reason God put me in this position, which I still don't quite understand, as a pastor I feel like maybe God grants me a a little bit different perspective. Maybe he grants me a little bit different eyesight in what I see. And in many Christians in many circles I, I I don't see Christians by and large walking in victory I don't see Christians by and large walking in joy I don't see Christians abiding in Christ right I I, I don't see them grabbing hold of the abundant life that is spoken about but what I do know is those things are God's will in our life if God's will is not being accomplished and expressed in our life maybe our life is too full of our will die every day become born again every day that we may remove ourselves out of the equation so that there's even more room for Jesus I'm going to trust Jesus way more than I trust myself I want to be around Jesus way more than I want to be around myself Amy wants to speak to Jesus way more than she wants to speak to me all of these things God has the victory God has the joy God has the abundance, the abiding the abundant life he has all of those things for each one of us what we must do is press in, press toward the goal, accept nothing less too many counterfeit junk stuff out there Tries to tell us what makes us successful, what gives us happiness. We resist that and we simply pray, Lord, not my will, but your will be done in my life. That very prayer changes us. God, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for your work. We thank you so much for your teaching. We thank you so much that you inspired men like John to to, to write epistles like this that breathe so much life into us right now and today. Lord God, again, Lord God hopefully it's starting to make sense now that when I pray Holy Spirit let nobody leave today the same way that they came in Lord not my will but your will be done Lord let us not leave what you have granted us today here in this sanctuary but let us take it into our lives into our homes into our workplaces Lord God rekindle that excitement and that intensity of my time with you. Lord God, how can I speak of anything but you? Lord God, all I want to do is talk about Jesus. Lord God, rekindle that within me because it's not my will, but your will be done. Help me to be in the book and help me to pray your will every single day. Jesus, in the powerful and mighty name, that you possess, that was given to you by your Father, the name at which demons have to bow a knee, Lord, the name that everything falls under, the powerful, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we shout out this morning. Amen. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.